Welcome to Around Kansas. I'm Deb Goodrich. And I'm Michelle Martin. And today we are going to visit some very fun places, a couple of our favorite places out west. I'm going to be talking a little bit about what's going on at Fort Wallace with um, uh, the art world, the connection between art and history, and it's pretty big. And then um, that's what I've got behind me, a piece of folk art, the barbed wire buffalo that stands in front of the Fort Wallace Museum. And Michelle behind her has Dodge City. Woohoo! Uh, yes. And, you know, I always hear, whenever I hear someone say, I want to get, I'm going to get the heck out of Dodge, I want to say to them, no, no, go back. Get, <laughs> yeah. into, Dodge. get, get into, into Dodge. Get into Dodge because. There's so much there to see and to do and to explore and so much history. So much fun. So much fun. Just love Dodge City. And uh, I'm not that far away. So I, I get to go to Dodge City pretty often. I'll be speaking in Dodge City on the 22nd um, for the rededication of the DAR marker there on the Santa Fe Trail. Uh, I'll be there for that. And then we're meeting at the Dodge House, at the Dodge House later on, and I get to be the speaker. So looking forward to that. You'll be able to uh, make a little side trip and go pay your respects out at Fort Dodge. Mm -hmm. And for those of you who did not catch us on Monday on our Discovering History segment, we actually talked about Fort Dodge. So uh, more, there are more than one reason for you to uh, discover Dodge City. That's exactly right. So, Michelle, what's your, what's your favorite part of Dodge City? You know, I love the fact that you can walk in a place where so many incredible, um, well-known, infamous individuals walk. I mean, Dodge City, come on, Wyatt Earp, Bat Masterson, Doc Holliday, Big Nose Kate. I mean, how can you not be, as a historian, how can you not be intrigued by being able to uh, walk in their footsteps and try to imagine what life was like in Dodge City when it was a full throttle cattle town in the 19th century? Dog Kelly, Dog Kelly Saloon. One of my favorite stories of uh, Dodge City is about Dog Kelly Saloon. And anybody that grew up watching Wyatt Earp, uh, the TV show, can remember that Dog Kelly was a character on that TV show. And Dog Kelly Saloon had a pet bear, Patty the Bear. And Patty was chained out back. And the cowboys, being cowboys, turned Patty into an alcoholic. They would give Patty beer and um, Patty um, developed a problem and he was a problem drinker. And so they had to put Patty down. But uh, being the West, um, Patty did not go to waste. He was served as Christmas dinner at Dog Kelly's Saloon. And the Dodge City Cowboy Band went through the streets performing and passing out flyers Come to Dog Kelly's for your Christmas Day patty steak. Boy. You cannot make it up, Michelle. No, you cannot. 
No. And I think that's what is so amazing about places like Dodge City and places like Fort Wallace. Um, you definitely can't make this up. Um, I actually, um, when we were working on our Kansas Sports and Bases book, I had the chance to go through Dodge City, was looking at Fort Dodge and uh, Fort Man and so looking for the remains of Cimarron Redoubt. And, but also I got, I spent time in Dodge City itself. And for me, it was really bittersweet because I grew up uh, sitting on the Davenport as my grandparents called them, their sofas in the living room, sitting on the Davenport, watching Gunsmoke with my grandpa. My grandpa Martin was a huge Gunsmoke fan, loved Marshall Matt Dillon, and he would have been so tickled yeah. that I actually lived in Kansas and that I actually went to the Dodge City. And he would have been even more um, excited when I was working with Bill Curtis. Um, Bill was inducted into the Kansas Cowboy Hall of Fame in Dodge City. And I went with him, was photographing the event. And I was actually named an honor honorary deputy marshal of Dodge City. I have my certificate and I have my badge. And so, um, that would have made my grandfather really proud. He would have, I, he really would have puffed his chest up a little and said, my granddaughter's an honorary deputy marshal of Dodge City. He would have loved that. So, uh, but you know, Dodge is very, in some ways, it's kind of that place that dreams are made of. Uh, if you grew up watching Westerns. It and is. So it's, it was, it was wonderful. It's really great. Well, my dream is to have my face on a billboard like Brent Harris does, because you can't drive through Kansas without seeing Brent's face. He's in every magazine, you know, he's just all over the place. And if he weren't such a nice guy, I couldn't stand him. But I'm always uh, telling Brent, I'm just so jealous. I can't wait till the time that I get a billboard, you know, and um, I, I think Brent may have retired. I'm not sure you can really retire from being the marshal of Dodge City. No. I don't know how that's going, but um, yeah, we were down there, I don't know, a couple of years ago with the, the kids and Brent was, um, actually they had borrowed some Longhorns for some event there at Boot Hill and he <laughs> was putting corrals around these Longhorns and um, it was pretty challenging. It was a, so he really does like actually do real work. I was teasing him about mm -hmm. I got I got pictures of his, his doing actual real labor. So he doesn't just go around dressed up like the marshal and, you know, being hot stuff all the time. He, he does. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty jealous. Yeah. You know, Deb, um, for me, what I really, what I really love about um, Dodge City and when you're there um, at Boot Hill and when you go in the museum, the museum is fantastic. Yes. And what I love is the fact Dude, that you, it's all redone. you get this wide range of history. It's not just the history of a Kansas cow town. You get this wide swath of history. You know, what was here before the cow town, then the development of Dodge City, the cow town. And then what, what happens to the area after the heyday of, you know, the 19th century cattle trade, and then how the town cashes in in many ways on its, on that tourist legacy, mm -hmm. 
but what I, one of the things I love the most is the section of the museum that discusses the movie Dodge City with the incomparable Olivia de Havilland, whom sadly we just, we lost not too terribly long ago, uh, and Errol Flynn. Um, what an, I mean, an amazing movie. And to see uh, the section of the museum where they talk about the film, but the premiere of the film that was held in Dodge City and the special train that brought the stars to Dodge City for the event. Um, what an incredible, what an incredible um, thing to have happen in Dodge City, Kansas. And, and I think so, that the studio brought um, most of their stars out a lot. It wasn't mm-hmm. just people that were in the movie. It was a chance for, yeah. I don't know, kind of the meet and greet, you know, mm-hmm. with all their stars. And so, yeah, what a what an incredible time. And was it Big Boy Williams that uh, was inebriated and missed the train? I think yes, it was. I it was believe so. Days. Yeah. So apparently they had quite the party in Dodge City. Yes. Appropriately. Wow. Yeah, I guess Dodge lived up to its reputation. I guess it did. You know, so, um, but no, I just, I really did. Um, I, every time I've been to Dodge City, I've enjoyed it. And um, I had a chance to take my husband there. We were dating at the time. He was doing some research for a class he teaches called Indians, Outlaws, and Ladies of the West at ASU. And he'd not been to Dodge City. And I said, you, wait a minute, you haven't been to Dodge City? So we're going to Dodge City. And so I took him you know, I made the whole the trip. It was Fort Dodge, Dodge City, Larned. I gave him the whole kind of Western Kansas extravaganza. And uh, he did say he had the best time in Dodge City, that it was the most Good. fun. So Good. it was Well, great. one of the things that uh, Dodge City has done so well in interpreting their story is the, the sculpture that they have added. Oh. So of course you had for uh, quite a while, El Capitan, the Longhorn. Mm-hmm. And then you've got, oh my gosh, that incredible image of Wyatt Earp. And then of course, Doc Holliday, you can mm-hmm. sit down cards with Doc Holliday. And now James Arness and Bat Masterson is coming soon. And I have seen him and he is spectacular. Oh my gosh, he's awesome. And Carson Norton, is the artist and Carson, of course, and Charlie, his dad, um, both incredible artists. The whole family's full of artists, but Charlie did the Buffalo Bill sculpture in Oakley. So, Mm -hmm. and then the um, Spirit of the Prairie, what does he call that one? It's in the um, Colby in front of the courthouse and it's actually his wife. And she's dressed as a pioneer woman with a baby on her hip, which is Carson. The artist and it's uh oh, it's it's my favorite sculpture anywhere but i gotta say bat masterson is going to be it's it's going to be awesome but wyatt earp with that stride oh my yes God. oh yeah that's, definitely that's and you awesome. know it's it's really interesting deb because we're living in a moment right now where monuments and markers and statues um, are in many parts of the country controversial. And 
one of the things that I think is important is that sometimes a statue is not just a reflection of history, but it's also, it's a piece of artwork. Yes. It is a reflection of a specific community at a point in its history. And mm -hmm. what I love and what I think is important is that there's room for a place like Dodge City to be able to incorporate you know, other perspectives on its history and work those into that artistic representation over time. And so that's why I really think it's important um, as we look at these kinds of issues to remember that there's always room for growth. There's always room for change. And we've got to go ahead and bring those historical perspectives out so people can wrestle with them and then make that change and bring all those other um, individuals who are important to those stories into play. So, and I think Dodge is, you know, they've done a great job. Um, I love their, their star walk. Uh, if you walk along town um, in different places, um, you can stand at Wyatt Earp Star, at Bat Masterson's. Um, they've done a phenomenal job of denoting different historic structures as well. Uh, so you can see those places. And so I really, um, they've done a phenomenal job. I, I love going to Dodge. Um, it's a great, it's a mix of history and tourism and escape. And it just uh, lets you kind of think about what it may have been like in that time period in the 19th century. You know, the Boot Hill Casino um, has added kind of a, um, a walk of fame there as well. And I was there a few years ago when Burt Reynolds planted his feet into that, uh, into that uh, wet cement. And that was pretty doggone cool. And um, Bruce Boxleitner and just, uh, it was just wonderful. But they all, um, of course, Buck Taylor, uh, he, was, he was there um, as well. He had already been, I think, honored there. But he was there that weekend as well. And he is the nicest man on the planet. And they all, all the people who came together, there were several people who had performed in Gunsmoke or, or um, other Westerns. And they all loved Dodge City. And they loved the stories. And they loved those stories of the West. Mm -hmm. And it was just a wonderful, wonderful weekend to be in the, the company of, of those folks. It was, uh, it, was, it was magic. It was really, really something. Yeah, and um, you know, like the photograph behind me uh, when you're walking down the replica here of Front Street and uh, you can go into the Long Branch and you can get a sarsaparilla and you can watch a show um, and you could go in and out of all of the buildings and get an idea of what a community was like in that time period. And so I really, um, I enjoyed that tremendously. Um, I'm not, my husband, um, let's see, there were some of the young ladies who were the dancers at the Long Branch. And I think he may have possibly enjoyed gazing over in that direction when they were sitting outside taking a break. Um, but I know um, they uh, have the, uh, the various gunfights and activities in that open area. And um, so that was, you know, 
it's always a kick to watch that. It reminds me very much of what they've done in Tombstone, mm-hmm. which has its connections, obviously, because of uh, Wyatt Earp and Doc okay. Holliday and Big Nose Kate and the whole crew once again. Um, it's like the Dodge City show just continued down <laughs> to the uh, Southwest. Um, and so, but it does, um, the way Dodge has been able to capitalize on that old West history uh, to keep itself going when so many other communities after that heyday fizzled out. So what they've done is nothing short of remarkable. Absolutely. We're gonna be back with more remarkable stuff. So stay with us. In 1821, a trade route was opened from Missouri in the United States across prairies and mountains to Mexico. In 2021, we will mark 200 years of epic conflicts and grand adventures, larger-than-life personalities, and sweeping landscapes. Join us on an historic journey. The Santa Fe Trail lives on. Find us on social media or santafetrail.org. To the Western Kansas Wildlife Travel Center right here in my hometown of Oakley, Kansas. We're the front door of Western Kansas, located on three main highways, I-70, US-83, and US-40. And all those roads lead to history, beautiful scenery, and adventure, no matter which direction you go. We now have an IHOP brand that you've trusted up and down the road in all your travels is staffed with local folks, real people, just like you and me, and we're waiting on you to join us. So for fun, adventure, fuel up, fuel your body, and let's have some fun. Friday morning. It's Friday fun day on Around Kansas. I'm Michelle Martin. And I'm Deb Goodrich. And welcome to Fort Wallace, the fightingest fort in the West. Uh, Fort Wallace, the home of two soldiers that let's, let's face it, ladies, we can just be honest here. Miles Keough, my goodness, what a handsome, handsome man Miles Keough was. And um, wow. Hmm. We, ha- we have a um, uh, one of those folding signs. I don't know what you call it. You know, it's the long pull down thing all about Miles Keough that uh, does have a lipstick print on it. I won't say who left that there, but um, it does get refreshed from time to time too. You know, Deb, um, I've seen Life that. It's too short to study ugly people. You know what? It's I've just seen. too short. I've seen that lipstick print in question, and um, it does. I it looks a little like my shade. Looks a little like your shade. But you know, the other individual who um, I absolutely am fascinated with, who was at Fort Wallace, of course, uh, two other people actually. Um, one obviously is Albert Barnett's, because I love his letters back and forth with his wife Jenny, and Jenny was absolutely just the most beautiful but willful, selfish, willful, selfish little mortal. Yes. And 
the other individual who um, I knew less about, but have come to appreciate and absolutely um, think is phenomenal is Captain Theophilus Turner. Mm, uh, he, melts he melts my heart. He really does. And he became, um, well, famous long after his death, somewhat famous, because he discovered a plesiosaur. He and our scout, Medicine Bill Comstock, discovered what I think is still the largest plesiosaur ever found. And that was in what is now Logan County. Um, at the time, it was Wallace County, but now Logan County. And that hangs, uh, casting hangs in the museum over a figure of Thoth who is sitting there looking up at his beast and drawing a big, uh, a picture, you know, of those fossils. And it's just, a. Um, we have to thank our friend, Melissa Rao, who is the most amazing artist. Oh my gosh, uh, she's unreal. And she creates these lifelike figures. So they are made of, um, um, the faces and the hands or whatever body parts show, um, sometimes the feet are clay and that's fired. The bodies are shaped with um, metal and wire and then she sprays those with foam and carves the bodies. So sculpting the, the faces and hands is a very different process than carving the body. You know, it's two totally different things. It doesn't matter, she's just amazing. And so the first figure, she loaned us Wild Bill Hickok. Talk about another long drink of water. Mm -hmm. um, the gals come in and they are, um, uh, they've got their fingers in his hair. I mean, you just have to slap people, you know, to get them, keep them away from Wild Bill. And he is perfect. He's 6'3", he's slim as a blade. He's, he's just, mm -hmm. just perfect. So she loaned us Wild Bill and we interpret Wild Bill as a scout, you know, not as the lawman, but as right. the scout uh, for Fort Harker. And of course our scout was Comstock and we have um, out front a, a statue of Comstock by, by Jerry Thomas. So that's the bronze we have out front. But then inside we have the lifelike figure of, of um, Buffalo Bill, or excuse me, Wild Bill. And then we have uh, Roman Nose, who was the Cheyenne warrior, mm -hmm. who was equally, um, he was built like a football player. He's a, he's a big guy, unusually large for the time. And uh, Ken Widener did the uh, war bonnet, the legendary war bonnet and the accoutrements that he is wearing, his clothing and uh, breastplate and all those items. And he is spectacular. And the kids walk in and they see him and they're like, <gasps> and I'm like, are you scared? Because that's what he was after. That's what he was going for. He mm -hmm. wanted to intimidate you. And we talk about that. And then we got Dr. Turner. And Dr. Turner, like I said, is the thoughtful man he is sitting at his desk, um, just sketching out his beast. And this week, or uh, a week or so ago, a few days ago, we added Reuben Waller, who was a Buffalo soldier, one of the most incredible lives you have ever heard of. Uh, it, it would be hard pressed to think of somebody who experienced, was an eyewitness to more history than, than Reuben Waller. And so 
he um, only had a couple of photographs that we had to work with and only one from the age that we wanted to depict. So that's all Melissa had to work with. And he is spectacular, just spectacular. You know, folks, um, as a museum professional, um, I've done some consulting for Fort Wallace for the museum and have my connections there. Obviously, my co-host is at Fort Wallace all the time. And I have to confess, I did get a little sneaky peeky of the day Reuben Waller was installed uh, before he was publicly unveiled. And I have to say, I was so giddy um, because it is exceedingly, in some cases, it's really rare to be able to go ahead and find places that interpret um, the life and the work of Buffalo soldiers. Um, Fort Davis in Texas, um, you've got a few locations, but to find a museum in far western Kansas in a town as small as Wallace, nice. making that effort to really give this incredibly well-rounded approach to interpretation at the museum and to sharing the history. I mean, to walk in, obviously, to have Wild Bill Hickok is just phenomenal. But then when you walk in and see Roman Nose, you realize right away that obviously where we were is a place that was very important to the Cheyenne. Mm -hmm. And you see that part of the exhibit. And as you're walking through, then when you're getting into the military section, then the next person who's going to greet you is Reuben Waller. Yeah. And what an amazing legacy he left behind. What an incredible career he had. Um, and I'm just so thrilled. I can't wait to actually be back in Kansas and to see Reuben in person. Oh, I can't wait for you to see him. Um, and, and then to continue walking through and to see Thoff, to see Dr. Turner. And it is, um, Melissa captures these incredibly, these the, the features of the individuals from their photos or from the descriptions and the likenesses. And she captures that so well. I mean, you literally, if you're not paying attention in you walk by Dr. Turner, you actually wonder, is that somebody sitting, is that a historical interpreter sitting at the desk? Oh yeah. Because they yeah. are that realistic and yeah. absolutely beautiful. Um, and it's a great way to humanize everything that's in the museum. It is. It's, you know, and especially for um, the, the kids that are coming through, it's, it's hard to get a handle on history sometimes. And, and to a lot of people, you know, children, but even adults, the past is one big glob, you know, mm -hmm. it, it's like my daughter, when she was a little girl watching TV, she asked my mom, she said, grandma, did you wear bones in your hair when you were little? Because she was watching the Flintstones. But that's such a great example because it's like all the past is all one big blob. There is no timeline, mm -hmm. you know, in their heads. Yeah. And so this puts people in context. 
and they can see what they were wearing. Then you've got the objects. You can see what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And it really, like I said, it, it gets across that these were real people, just like you and me. These were real people. Exactly. And so they're, they're invaluable. They're really, and they're inspiring. Um, and we get to share these people's stories. Reuben, who was born into slavery in 1840, lives to be 105, dies in 1945. So he goes from lanterns to electricity, from the telegraph to telephones, from horses and buggies and wagons to jets. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. just, that is the most incredible era of change in modern times. And he, he saw it all. It's just, oh my goodness. The presidencies, look at the presidential administrations he lived through. Yeah. And, but, but he was front and center. He witnessed the surrender at Appomattox. He was a body servant for a Confederate officer. So he witnessed, he may have been uh, when he passed away, the last witness to the surrender. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure if there were others. There might've been some into the 1950s. I'm not sure, but um Reuben was one of the last witnesses to the surrender. It's, it's staggering. It's just staggering. So and we get yeah. to him. It's, and what, and of course, when I look around the museum there at Fort Wallace, of course, there's that um, historical interpreter, that museum professional in me that says, okay, now <laughs> it would be lovely to have Melissa Rao do a sculpture of a laundress. Yeah, I would love right. to see an army laundress. Yeah, um, when, you get in, when you get into the history of, of Wallace as a community after the military post has left, um, you know, there was a Harvey house in Wallace. I'd love to see a Harvey girl. One of the first. One of the first. Yes, one of the first. And then you know, with the legacy that the, the you know, the Madigan and Rubidoux families and the stores that they had left, I'd love to see Mr. Madigan and Mr. Rubidoux greeting you I as you're walking too. down Main Street. And you've, you've got a lovely spot yeah. where you have your, your one-room schoolhouse, you know, um, so I'd love to see a school teacher there. I mean, and really what it does, it, you're right, history to students. And I see this at all levels and especially at the college level, even still, you're right. It's this big blob or this big blur of names and events and dates. And they think it's memorization. And um, my students are always amazed when I give them for each chapter, a list of dates they have to know. And I tell them that the rest don't worry about, we want to talk about people. We want to talk about experiences. Mm -hmm. We want to talk about people who lived their lives and what they were witnessing and what they were a part of. And you're absolutely right. Having Hickok and Roman Nose and Reuben Waller now and Thoth and hopefully an army laundress and others, having them there humanizes that story. It puts it in context and it allows you to make a different kind of, it's, it's easier to connect with one. I think of one of Melissa's sculptures than it is to connect with a photograph. Mr. Tiny, when uh, Reuben, when we were putting Reuben in, uh, my grandkids were there. So Mr. Tiny is two and a half years old and he runs up and hugs him. Oh yeah. It was so precious. (laughs) 
gotta love Mr. Tiny. I know. <laughs> it just, yeah. I mean, yeah, so it is, it's, it's wonderful. And, uh, you know, folks, if, if you have not been to the Fort Wallace Museum in Wallace, Kansas, it's right off of Highway 40, really do yourself a favor. If you're in that part of Kansas, it is worth getting off the beaten track. It's worth, it is worth getting off of I-70 and yeah. shooting south to Sharon Springs and then heading over. It is worth it because it is a museum that's built on the love that people in the area have for preserving and sharing the history of the region. And I'm always amazed because every time I come back, um, there are changes taking place at the museum. It's not static. Um, no museum <laughs> okay. should ever be static and stay the no, same. Not at all. And that's what's so wonderful. And the staff at the museum and the volunteers and the supporters, they understand that for, the for a museum to be viable, there's gotta be change. And Melissa's sculptures are a great example of that. Um, if you're traveling, we have um, a small RV park. So it's a full hookup. Uh, we've only got, I think four spaces now, we may add some more, but we do have full hookups. And we have the restored railroad house that was built in the 1880s. That was for the railroad superintendent. And we rent that out as well. So you can stay in the restored railroad house. So yeah, um, message mm -hmm. the museum and get the details. And did you not also have a ribbon cutting just recently for a gazebo in that area? The, it was a kids um, uh, Eagle Scout project and then other volunteers came out to help them, especially um, uh, the Fishers, oh my God, the Vernon and Virgil Fisher um, are just the most amazing people. And Deborah Fisher, who is Vernon's wife, is responsible for fixing up the railroad house. And um, they, I wish we could clone them because we, we could, um, we could remodel the world, you know, in a, in a mm -hmm. week, we just clone them. But out at the railroad house where the um, RV spots are, there's this lovely gazebo now with picnic tables under it. And it just makes the whole space so much more comfortable and usable. And it's, yeah, it's, it's really nice. And we're getting a playground there. So we're going to add a Wonderful. Yeah. And you know, folks, if are from Dawn Almonds, I was, memory bank. <laughs> I was just going to mention our friend Don Ullman in the Memory Bank and Tr Wallace Trading Company, because if you want, if you're like me and you are a coffee addict, not only can you go in and peruse antiques, but she also has baked goods and she has fantastic uh, coffee. She does Americanos, lattes, espressos cappuccinos she does them all and whenever I'm in Wallace um, I always have to go visit Dawn and um, she's very sweet because um, I'm a decaf girl and you know not a lot of people are in western Kansas and so if if I bring my own decaf that I grind she uses my decaf for me and runs the shots and pulls the shots and makes the drinks and absolutely wonderful um what a lovely little gem right there in town and yeah you are if you're at the rv park or at the railroad house you're just a stone's throw from from the memory bank 
walk over. You can walk over. Um, and the great thing is, um, if you're looking for restaurants, you can just hop right on over to Sharon Springs. Mm -hmm. uh, you can go over to Winona to the cafe. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot going on in that part of Kansas that people don't realize. And so when good things start happening at a place like the museum and Dawn's, and Dawn's business and then your RV park, that has a ripple effect. Yeah. And so definitely folks, go give our friends at the Fort Wallace Museum a visit and definitely tell them Deb and Michelle sent you. Absolutely. Well, we've had a great time being with you this this fine day and we look forward to seeing you again on Monday when we discover some more history and in the meantime I'm Deb Goodrich and I'm Michelle Martin and we shall see you somewhere around Kansas. Kansas. <laughs> Bye. Thanks, guys. See you later. Howdy. I'm Seth Hayes and welcome to my hometown from then to now. Council Grove has a rich history as deep as the prairie tall grass. Spend the day visiting 25 historic sites or explore the unique shops and restaurants or mosey out of town along the Santa Fe Trail. You all visit my hometown, Council Grove, in the heart of the Flint Hills. Okay, looks like it's time for our tour. Welcome to the Fort Wallace Museum. Here at the museum, you're gonna find some really interesting stuff like our replica stagecoach from the Butterfield Overland Dispatch. We've got facades from the fort buildings. We've got an 1870s flag. There's a plesiosaur that was discovered locally. We've got the Ray Pump Organ Collection. We're a Little V place with a great big story and we'd love to have you.